Hello and welcome to No Stairway, a podcast about middle-aged men making mixtapes. In each episode, we take a theme and each expertly arrange songs, which quite frankly have no business being next to each other in the first place, into a list and thus breathing new sonic life into otherwise dead tracks. We meet here on the podcast to discuss our selections, rubbish each other's questionable taste and add tracks to the fabled Golden Shuffle with the hope of creating the greatest shuffle list of all time, unhindered by genre and better than anything the nerds at Spotify or Apple could come up with. The rules of No Stairway are very simple. Rule number one, all playlists should be of album length, like in the days of mini discs. We judge this to be 20 songs or 80 minutes, whichever comes first. Rule number two, no artist can be repeated in a playlist. Rule number three, no stairway to heaven. As usual, all three of our playlists from this week are on Spotify and you can find links in the episode's description. My name is Tim, I'm a middle-aged man who makes mixtapes. Hello, my name is Carl and I'm a middle-aged man who likes tall speakers small speakers, wall speakers, but most of all, I like loudspeakers. Hi, my name's Bill, and I'm a middle-aged man who doesn't have a very high gag reflex. This week's theme was Great Tracks by Terrible Artists. So, what did we think of this week's theme? Carl? I, uh, yeah, I hated uh, doing this, I have to say. It was, it, it started off as a bit of a bit as like fun um and and but then it, it descended really didn't it into into total anarchy really um i think uh what i wanted to do was um should i just i'll just start with my list yeah i'll just say what i did i um yeah i i started basically because the other week i heard cliff richards um um hit um wired for sound on the radio and i thought that's brilliant you know that's really um uh, a really good song and it doesn't fit this this is the crucial point for me it didn't fit with the rest of his oeuvre okay it's not a typical cliff richard song so i thought well that that's my starter right there straight in wide right sound. can you describe your uh, mental state when you heard this song and decided that it was a great song because I well, would full-on disagree with you that it's any good whatsoever. Well, no, I, I'm not going to say it's a great song. I just thought it had a really good chorus. I mean, it's, just, it's, it's a very strange song. Um, and I don't, you know, and it's... It it's sounds like the worst, richer sound sales operative ever. I like tall it, speakers, small speakers, and so on. Right, yeah. who goes into that, shale, that sales shtick? Why? Yeah, no, I, I don't know what it's about. I think it is genuinely about about uh, headphones, right? It's a song. <laughs> it's a song about headphones. I I tell you what, it reminded me of. It reminded me of, you know, Cliff Richard reminded me of you know Christopher Guest's character in Best in Show, yeah. where he constantly he's, he's there for a listing cashew nut. Yeah, exactly. Mum would go crazy when I said Kashuna. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. Cliff is just listing all the speakers that he can think of. That's it. 
and yeah. boring everyone to tears. But not even the important bits, not about technical specs, but just about yeah. how big or small they are. Yeah, no, and and you know, I, th I think that's 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 the worst thing about it is, <laughs> it, it, he's the kind of guy who goes on about stuff that he doesn't know anything about, uh, which is the worst kind of bore, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but. Uh, I, I have to say, I, I do love that chorus. Dee, 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 dee. You know, I just thought it was a brilliant chorus. So <clears throat> anyway, that's, that's why I went for that. And the other song I had, which is where I finish, was ABBA, Eagle, which I've just always liked as a song. And I think, again, it doesn't fit in with their oeuvre. So I had this thing where I was like, okay, so I'm going to pick tracks that are not necessarily terrific but they're good tracks and they don't fit in with the kind of um the rest of the back catalog but that was another one that i actually looked into it and i thought because that's the song i've liked for a long time and i thought it was about dying because it's you know like you know fly like an eagle you know i can't wait and all this sort of stuff um and i thought oh it's about it must be some sort of nordic um myth about the afterlife like in sweden maybe the thing is you turn into an eagle right when you die and you fly away um, but it turns out it was because Benny and Bjorn uh, were really into the Eagles. And so they wanted to write a song about Eagles. That's at least according to Wikipedia. Um, so it was, it's just a load of nonsense, really. But, um, but I suppose you, you put whatever meaning you like onto lyrics, don't you? So, um, so yeah, I, I basically, the, the rest of it, I, I, it's difficult because I don't like terrible music, you know, or if, if there's music I like, I don't consider it, I don't consider those artists terrible anymore, you know, so, um, but the, what I did was I asked my wife, who um, liked terrible, like terrible music, and I said, <laughs> oh, you know, what, what are, you, what are your favourite songs? Um, and, you know, she gave me some absolute beauties, you know, um, Simply Red, and um, uh, Boney M, um, Meatloaf. That was another recommendation from Kate. Um, we, I, I listened to a lot of Mike and the Mechanics, who I consider terrible. My parents loved them. Yeah. Um, and that was the only track I could find that was... It, that's their best song, I think. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I, I, I actually wrote down in my notes, Queen and Meat Love, was this just so you could get a track in by both those artists? Was that um, the sole yeah. and only reason? Yes. Um, so... I was, uh, so with Meatloaf, I went through all of Meatloaf. Fucking hell, no wonder you found it hard. That must have taken you forever. That, that, that was hard. And actually, the first Battle of Hell album, it's, it's not a bad album, but I wanted something, but it's not something I'd choose to listen to. And I wanted something that wasn't uh, like the rest of the album. It didn't fit in with, with the rest of his back catalogue. And that's the closest I got. Um, and, I don't, and I don't think it's a bad song. The, the, the next song was just a song that I've been listening to I heard it on Lauren Laverne's radio show actually a while back. And I've been listening to it a lot. But I had this I had this issue with so it's by this band called Shotgun Express. They only existed to make this one single, but everyone in that band, it's like uh, Mick Fleetwood's on drums, Rod Stewart's the singer. Um, I think there's a couple of yardbirds on there as well, you know. And um I think Ronnie Wood actually is the rhythm guitarist on it. And um I thought it would cover a lot of bass because I personally don't consider Rod Stewart rubbish, but my wife does. I've got a real affection for um, Rod Stewart's early solo albums and his American, you know, the you're great a, American song. Is your mum a massive fan? My mum's a massive fan. I've been seen him several times. He's a wonderful showman. 
Um, and so I've got this real soft spot for him. So I, but I know lots of people do consider him terrible. So I thought I could go for a, a Rod Stewart, but then it didn't seem fair that I know lots of really good Rod Stewart songs. And I know I asked in the chat about what about cover versions? And I was thinking then about Rod Stewart, because Rod Stewart's got some cover versions that are like the definitive version, like several Bob Dylan songs, the definitive version of the song, I would say, or the best version of the song is done by Rod Stewart. Um, so I was going to go for something like that, but then I just didn't feel right because I, I, I genuinely love Rod Stewart. Yeah. So I didn't feel like I could do that, even though, but then I thought, well, this is, these are demonstrably a terrible band. They had one single. Um, it was a total flop, but it's actually a good, I think it's a good song. Um, was, did you did you put this one in before or after you gave me a heart attack about one hit wonders? Um, no, it was it was probably before. I would say I had not, it in there. It's not even a hit though. On the other, it hand. wasn't. It wasn't a hit. No, right, but okay, they're not one. Song. They're not one hit wonders. I mean, it's Ronnie Wood. He's still going. Rod Stewart's still going. No, but the band no, were, weren't they? No, the band. The, the band just had the one. In fact, I think they only had one recording session, and then they split up. Um, but yeah, and then he, uh, so Rod Stewart joined, uh, what, he joined the Small Faces. I think that's when Ronnie Wood went to the, the or someone went to the Yardbirds. Mick Fleetwood joined, um, was it the Jeff Beck group? With You know, it, it was one of those things where all these bands just kept cycling around everybody. Yeah. So they're all... They're all mm. old timers. Anyway, and then I just went through like songs again, like the Osmonds. It's not, it doesn't fit with the rest of their back catalogue. I thought that was an obvious pick. I know Tim, you went for that I'll, one as I'll well. I'll up. I'd totally forgotten all about that one. Had I remembered it, I would have put it in and it would have yeah. been an automatic entry. It would, yeah, I, yeah. I just totally forgot all about it. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good, and it's, it's easy to forget as well because for some reason, I always think that that song is by, you know, uh, the Yardbirds or the Rolling Stones or something like that. And then it's only very occasionally you think, oh, it's the Osmonds, isn't it? So like, how did that happen? You know, but it's just so... It's um, just dirty, isn't it? And you can't, yeah. you, you cannot, you cannot put that with such, you, you know, people that are so into clean living and things like that, sort of like the idea of, it doesn't, it doesn't fit in a Mormon lifestyle. No, you wouldn't have thought so. I mean, even the lyrics, the backing, the performance, everything about it, it's it's not it's not remotely there's nothing clean cut about it, is it? Even you know, no. the fuzz on the guitar and everything and the yes. woo woo is it a theremin or whatever that's it's, going it's crazy. Awful. Yeah. It's uh and you can't imagine me even putting it together. I don't know how it happened, but um and then yeah, so I just and then so yeah, that was the architecture of it. I was basically I was starting, I I got this idea to start with the Cliff Richard and end with the ABBA. But then obviously the Cliff Richard, it didn't fit at the beginning. And then as the process went on, uh, I got more and more sick of the Cliff Richard. <laughs> but then it had to stay in there because it was my starting point. But then obviously it got shifted back in the list. So the Billy Ocean, I genuinely think is a brilliant song by someone who does, the rest of his output is, I think, dire. Um, and and that that one song is is brilliant. It's you know? brilliant. And, and like, there's that flange on his voice at the beginning and stuff. Yeah, brilliant yeah. Song. It's a genuinely interesting record. Like the productions, really. I mean, totally different to anything else he's ever done. You know, the rest of it's all very kind of uh, that sort of synth soul, very commercial yeah. '80s sound. And and that you know could just be like a 
like a sort of 60s it could be a northern soul track or something couldn't it it's yeah. just like it's a big soul track um but yeah things like mike and the mechanics and queen uh, and the meatloaf i was try i consider those artists terrible and i was trying to find a song i was forcing the issue and trying to find a song that i liked by them and i went through most of queen before i found dragon attack and thought this is not like the rest of queen this is actually pretty good yeah um and yeah with the with the mic and the mechanics that's i know it was a big single but it's really as good as they get i yeah like i say i went through a lot of mic and the mechanics i mean th this whole this whole process has been very like tiring because like i was saying the other day i listened to all three of the spice girls album <laughs> like back to back and you know you know you, you think that these artists that you know oh it's not good but they're genuinely bad. Like they're, it's it's almost painful to listen to some of the stuff I girls like their album tracks are are really bad. Like like they just put them together in like ten minutes or something. Now, obviously, they're just filling an album in between the singles. I get that, but then we come up with this idea, and then you you have to sit and listen to them, right? I mean, that first Steps record is just. Like one of the worst. You're probably the ever. first person who's listened to the entire album beginning to end in about I, 20 years. I think I probably am. I did it at work as well. Um, and I'm pottering about at work with my earphones in, and people are wondering why I'm, I'm just so furious and just like kicking stuff. And More furious than usual. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, was, I, it, I was getting to the point where I was angry that, that there are people making a lot of money off producing that kind of thing. And, and it's in... It's in a record shop, do you know what I mean? Or now it's like, it's online, like it's considered music. It's not just the pop novelty, like the fad that it should have, like it should have just been binned. But no, it, it's got the same, you know, uh, esteem and, and access as, you know, uh, Revolver by the Beatles or Thriller by Michael Jackson. And then, uh, you know, Five, Six, Seven, Eight by Steps. What? Uh, do you know what I mean? It's, it's depressing. It's kind, of, it's kind of wedding fodder, fodder. isn't it? Fodder. It's the sort of stuff that you, you, you know, you, you, unless you've got some sort of specialist DJ at your wedding, you're definitely going to have steps played yeah, and, by. And some, actually, there's, a, there's a couple of your songs on there which actually are wedding fodder. So that and Mr. Brightside, they're full on wedding fodder. That's yeah. a wedding song, isn't it? I mean, the, yeah. but then again, that's another one where um, I, I don't, I don't think there's anyone who wouldn't get up on the dance floor with Mr. Brightside. And I despise the killers. I just think they're, they're yeah. you know, they're chintz, really. But, um, but no, that's an absolute banger. I, uh, I have some notes. I did have some notes this time for, for the first time. Fire away. Uh, Tin Man. Yeah. It's good. Uh, like a bad Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. That's exactly what it is like, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like, or, um, yeah. Um, it reminds me of like, yeah. If Stephen Stills had, you know, had an off day, Maybe he had a head cold or something, yeah. and he just tossed something off. It would sound like America. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, let's have a look. Uh, wrong M and M. You picked the wrong one. Yeah, I mean, I. Whoa. I would disagree with that because I know I you would disagree with that. See, I I think everything. Generally, it's not very good, but everything. As soon as he'd made the film about himself. Then it all just went. It got even worse. Yeah, but that one track surely yeah. is is a big, big track. You know, I mean, uh, it's a I disagree. Don't forget, it won an Oscar. 
You don't get much higher than that. He wrote a hit song, starred in it, an original song for a movie. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, but I, I, I prefer of the of the possibilities of the Eminem stuff. I, I prefer the one that I went for. Yes, the one that I went for is terrible. Well, I tell you why I didn't go for it. I have got and I've got a big soft spot for that song as well. And listening back to it, I, I did think this is actually pretty good. Like I remember, I remember it being like this massive hit, and it's the sort of song that maybe doesn't get played as much anymore. And then you it's listen too back, long. And like, oh, it's too yeah. long for modern radio. Right? Yeah, it's a long song, right? And it's it's like four verses or something. And yeah, I, I thought, um, uh, oh yeah, this is a really brilliant song. But is it brilliant because of Dido's? Um, you know, thank you by Dido. Obviously, he uses the verse as a chorus. I think it's good because it's got that that the story within it. It's not just like a bloke rapping about something. There's an actual there's an actual story within the whole thing. Mm. An actual character involved with the situation. Oh, I like isn't, it. Yeah. Isn't the story a bit cheesy? Like it's very cliched. It's very sort of like you know. It's very sort of like I felt as well. Like I wasn't sure whether you were saying um, Eminem was the shit artist or Dido was the shit artist. No, it's definitely like, Eminem. Is that Dido's best track? I, you could argue that as well. No, that is well. No, it's not because Dido. I mean, I might, I might be wrong about this, and I'm prepared to have that argument. But isn't Hunter the best Dido track? Which one's Hunter? You know, um, is it called Hunter or is it called White Flag? White Flag. But there, there's one where she's like, you know, I'm hunting, you know, I've been a hunter, you know, that one. I'm no Dido expert, but I, I thought that was the better song because Thank You that, that ultimately got turned into, into yeah. Stand by Eminem. Um, that was a bit of a flop, wasn't it, when it first came out? And it I wasn't think, until yeah, Stan was the Because hit. of Stan, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't think Thank You is her best song, even though, because the chorus isn't as good as the verse. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's the genius of Eminem, right? He went in there and said, nah, your chorus is rubbish, but your yeah. verse is actually better as a chorus than, than your actual chorus, which you've mm. got to, there's got to be some credit in that at least, right? Spotting that. Yeah, it's good because of Dido. It's yeah. not good because of Eminem. Yeah, whereas uh, Lose Yourself is... Good because of Eminem, right? It's his, yeah. it's his performance. I tell you, I tell you the bit I do like in it that I would say as as an argument for is, is it the better better song? Is the bit where he goes the dum ba dum do? <laughs> you know that bit always makes me smile. What you know, because, because like, he, he couldn't come up with a with like, a rhyme? Ba -do -ba -do. Yeah, because so he couldn't he, come up with a rhyme. He so he went the dum little... dum do. <laughs> <laughs> I I tell the thing that that puts me off is that he mentions the actor's name that's playing. Is he is he his manager? Uh, Mikai Pfeiffer and he he quotes the actors he cites the actor's name not the character's name and it kind of puts me off oh right okay I don't um I have to say I haven't seen the film yeah well I've I saw it a long time ago but why the fuck is he saying the actor's name when the actor's playing a character in the film and he performs the song in the film well that would put me off if I knew that actually yeah yeah I can see that's one of those sticking points, isn't it? That you never really... Yeah, that, never that's over. me being a picky bastard. Yeah, no, but once you know those things, you can never yeah. not see it. And Yeah, no, I get that. Um, I forgot that Roachford track was covered by Beverly Knight. I'd forgotten that completely. Huh? 
I, but I knew the song from Beverly Knight. Um, who is she? I, she's built a, a career over doing loads of shite as well. Uh, Actually, yeah, she's way terrible. better than I remember. Simply yeah. Red are worse than UB40, so I can't agree with them on this list. Shit, UB40. I should have gone for some UB40. Yeah, as well. I couldn't fucking yeah. bring myself to it. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. tried. I dipped a toe in. I really did. Well, it'd be a cover as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. They, they were that, lots that was of the covers, problem. weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, what what was that big? They had one hit that was an original, didn't they? Apparently, their first album was seminal, and I tried it. I did yeah. uh, probably about six months ago. It's just garbage. Oh, is it okay? But, fine, and then, then uh, but then, like the following album, then they went with all these horrible MIDI keyboard sounds, and it just got worse. Oh, okay. Well, so so sorry. Go on then. So the the first album is yeah, they they did a lot of like there was a lot of live horns in there and all sorts. Really? Yeah, yeah, there was all kinds of stuff, yeah. You're totally um, selling it to me now. What's it, is it called UB40? It I'm just cool. making a note here. Listen to first seminal UB40 album. Yeah, you might be huddling for a while. Uh, Still yet oh, yeah. to be written. Oh, no, present arms, sorry. Present arms. Like present arms, right? Yeah, it must be. Aren't they another one of these? Aren't they like a, you know, a sort of a, a big sort of socialist uh, collective, aren't they, or something? A lot of their songs I, were about. Somebody would have to let me know. I honestly. Okay, don't we're going to have to research that, and we'll do a UB40 special one week. That's Fuck good. That. Okay, we're doing that. That's that's an idea. Um, yeah, no, I dropped the ball there. Not not going for UB40 because they they would have fit in with my with my entire flow. Um, yeah, and you could have got rid of that Paul McCartney track at the same time. Paul McCartney, I mean, I thought that was an interesting talking point because I thought we'd all agree that Paul McCartney is, by and large, dog shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. dreadful. Even though he probably wrote the best of the Beatles songs. I think maybe if you look at something like, you know, Yesterday, you know, you, no, no one would argue that Yesterday isn't, you know, um, uh, a brilliant song, right? You know, wh whatever your opinion of the Beatles, you know, you'd be like, well, Yesterday, obviously, that was a good song. Um, and uh, I think, you know, there is some, you know, there is especially like the mid-period Beatles, all the Paul McCartney songs, I think, are the, the standout tracks on a lot of the albums, aren't they? And yet his solo work, you know, just like frog chorus, man, what's that? You know, it's just, it's just like bizarre. Um, even, you know, I don't even like that Christmas song of his, uh, Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time. That, oh, that, awful. That, it really, really puts a depressing spin on Christmas for me every time I hear that, you know? So I just thought it was interesting that probably the, one of the greatest songwriters, uh, you know, a really good bass player and a terrific singer, really, uh, who was in wow. the biggest band of all time. And, just, you know, just, it's yeah, just, just, well, just to be honest, yeah. I, I, all four of them are really produced really shaky stuff, didn't they? Once they went their separate ways. Yeah. Yeah. I, George Harrison probably did the best. Yeah, you I know, would agree. George Harrison solo works probably, probably yeah. the best stuff. The best thing Ringo did was fucking Tank Engine. So why yeah, do true. you think that is? Why do why do you think them separating? Why why is someone as good as Paul McCartney in the Beatles not producing or John Lennon not producing that quality of music when they're on their own? I think is it's it the combination the combination of the four people. And the time that they were in was very specific. That that British invasion stuff that they, they had a lot of pressure to create, but also 
their life experiences combined created something unique? Yeah, I think I think there's a lot to be said for the, you know, the checks and balances that you know that George Martin, but also that Lennon and McCartney brought to each other. Right, there's these you know um, keeping each other in check, pushing each other. Whereas you look at someone like George Harrison, who I think was content just to get one song on an album. You know, he'd write one song and it'd be a good one. You know. And I think, you know, some of his Beatles songs are some of the very best Beatles songs, you know, mm. Here Comes the Sun, um, and like Wild My Guitar Gently Weeps, something like that, you know. Um, but when then he's left to do his own thing, he's still got something to prove. Yeah. Whereas what Paul, what's Paul McCartney got to prove? If you, you know, you couldn't turn around and say, well, you've never really had a decent album, have you? He'd say, well, I don't know, Rubber Soul was all right, mate, wasn't it? You know, he's got, he's got no, there's no way you could argue with him. Whereas if George, if you said to George Harrison, oh, you've never had a decent solo album, he would have been like, yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, because he only had one or two yeah. songs yeah. on an album. So um, I think there's something to be said for that, that they would, it was the interaction between them. And that um, kind of, you know, uh, burns twice as hot last half the time, you know, they, you know, they were, yeah. they were pumping out records. What was it? 13 albums in 10 years. And even then, they, weren't, like that, they yeah. weren't touring and playing together for probably about three of those. Mm. No, no, three, three, or four, the last three or four years, yeah, they weren't. They weren't. You know, at they, all. You know, they, they were barely together in the studio. Serious know? material. You know, they mm. they didn't have you know they didn't have time to have a dodgy second album, let alone third, fourth, or fifth. No, that's true. You know, and of course, if, if, anybody, Yoko... if anybody put out anything dodgy back then, it's like nowadays. You know, the, essentially that model is repeated now with the internet and Spotify with everything else. If you put anything out that's a bit rough that people don't listen to, you're fucked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, quite right. Tim, did you have any, any particular thoughts? I did have a, we... a particular thought. Go on. Um, I made an, a note. Harry Styles sounds like, love, sounds like November rain, but without the swagger. Oh, it does. Does you've ruined that for it's me? Basically, yeah. no, it's November rain. It is November. It rain, is. Yeah. yeah, it is like a very vanilla version of November it's rain. It's a funeral it? instead of a wedding. That's yeah. That's that's what that's all about, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. And yeah, I and I and that. I know that you two were like waxing lyrical about uh, it being such a big song, but I don't get. I don't get it. It's dull. I suppose it is relative as well. Like everything else that he's done afterwards has been, and actually in that same vein, it's been vanilla versions of other tracks which have been True. quite as good. It's surprisingly good, I think, is a better way of describing it. And that Harry Styles single, because it didn't sound like the single that I was expecting. No, it I definitely think it didn't. had yeah. it had extra impact, even though I consider the man largely talentless and a demonstrably <laughs> a pig. Um, so yeah, so I'm not I'm not going to stand up for Harry Styles. Any other points, Tim? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't really. I think we've covered most of them because, to mm. be honest, there were there were very few sort of like. You, you were know, not a fan. You were not I a was fan. Not a, I was not a fan. I was not okay. a fan of, of of anybody's really, apart from my own. Right. Okay. That's usually the case. Okay. Well, go on then. Let's move on to bills then. Okay, should we address the elephant in the room straight away? Let's do it. Okay, so you guys... Now, I did um and ah over this situation quite heavily. Mm. Um, so uh, for the benefit of the listening audience, 
I put on a track which was a remix. And it yeah. was a remix by Flume uh, of a track called You and Me, uh, which is Disclosure. Now, I think Disclosure is shit, but I like the original track. I think Flume's ropey at the best of times, but this is a good remix. So I rationalized it to myself that this was fine because it hit all the criteria. It's a great track by an artist who generally is terrible. And it was a remix. All right. So it hit all all the criteria for me. But you two had particular issues with it. Absolutely. A remix is effectively getting a different producer in, isn't it? Flume isn't Flume isn't really performing anything he's just doing you know he's 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 tinkering he's tinkering isn't he he's he's putting some extra synth lines and stuff and he's doing that so you know a a remix usually and and a lot of not always but it's it's either absolutely you know terrible and 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 nowhere there's there's a lot of examples of that or it's mm-hmm. miles better in the example of uh, we did a couple of like in the kill uh, yeah. in, by screen, you know the dubstep version. It's yeah. just completely different, yeah. and it makes you look at the whole track in a completely different way. It's still the same artist, though. I mean, I, I can. I, I think it's uh, it would be controversial if uh, you know if it was a remix of Cliff Richard or something that completely <laughs> transformed the song. Um, and say if I don't know if Radiohead remixed Cliff Richard, and and you know made it sound amazing, and then you that would be cheating. But if you do consider Flume to be awful, so you consider the remixer and the artist to be terrible. No, I I consider what you know, the combination of both artists together have created as being good. Yeah, but if you consider them both as being terrible. Uh, yeah, you know, so it, with your beholder's criteria. eye, you know, then yeah. yeah, I would say it's it's less of a of a cheat than you know if you'd got someone good remixing. I mean, I, I do I do like that track. I think I think I think it's good, um, but I don't know the original. I've never yeah. heard it. It's so disclosure of this kind of very passe EDM band who okay. kind of floated underneath kind of the big time, um, you know, the, not as big as say like. Or as commercial as say like Avicii and that kind of thing. Okay, they were right, they yes. were a little bit more alternative EDM than that kind of thing. Yeah, well, I I, I can see how they'd be they'd be garbage without without the remix. Yeah, yeah. So my general path for the for the rest now we've got that out of the way. Yeah. Okay. Um, I kind of I I chunked yeah, it all together into kind of into different sections. So I opened up with Bush because that was kind of a. Uh, a big callback to my teenage years and I'd forgotten how bad the rest of the album was. I spent a lot of time listening to bands back catalogs to double check that I was right because I yeah. got a rough outline and there were some tracks that I definitely wanted to put on because I knew the rest of the back catalog were dreadful. So uh, Bush, uh, Jungle, No Diggity by Blackstreet, everything else that they made was awful. That's the one good track. Uh, Kurt Vile, Pretty Pimpin'. Everything else that it does is awful, but that's the one good one. Um, I know that I will definitely ruffle some feathers with Motley Crue. I know that. Um, I did it on purpose because every single other Motley Crue track are fucking identical, and it just (laughs) 
it just happens and <laughs> it starts with that revving guitar and essentially it's just about we go back to the matt cardle uh incident of getting lots of as they say pussy and it's all about that and taking drugs and you know drinking heroin down a fire hose and it's just ridiculous but that one's good i think that's off their first album i think again same with queens of the stone age they're never going to be as good as caius and that's the one good one carl's really shaking his head he really uh, i think well i if, if we can address the, the these these two points now yeah. um I would argue, well, and the third one, I would say that falls in the same category. And no time made is Jungle, yeah, um, Motley Crue, Queens of the Stone Age. Okay, these bands they're they're quite samey in their output, and I would say these songs are uh, pretty indicative of the rest of the back catalogue. So if you think these are good, how come you don't like the rest of it? Well, like I would say the Jungle album. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm listening to it. I think it goes back it. to when, when I've heard a track. So, you know, these were all, you know, Jungle, what is like six years old, isn't it? And the other, you know, Motley Crue's late 80s, Queen of Stone Age, what was 99, 2000. Something and I like remember that. hearing a particular track and getting excited about it and then picking up the album yeah. and listening to it and being grossly disappointed. Oh, okay. Well, and I can see that. I mean, and that's, uh, and that's where a lot of these choices came from, where I've, you know, uh, there's the Spectre track, All the Sad Young Men, fantastic track. Listen to the mm. rest of the album, it's awful. And, and right. it's, that, it's that hanging disappointment that I had with a lot of these tracks where I get excited about something, you go and look into it a bit further and you're just grossly disappointed. But also, on the other hand, I looked at it really favourably saying, a lot of people do have one good song in them. But not a lot of people have lots of great songs in them. I mean, what about you, Tim? How, were you as offended as I was by the Queens of the Stone Age being um, there as a terrible artist? Yeah, yeah. It sounds to me like Bill needs to limit his expectations to things to be. I, th I, th no, I, I think, think this that, is. I think that's the problem. Very high standards Bill's at all times, guys. Well, mm. I think that's the issue. You know, you 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 you're not enjoying life to to uh, its full extent because you, mm. um, you you're not accepting that there might be a couple of duffers on an album. Right. Okay. You're speaking from the perspective of somebody who, who created a playlist which was almost exclusively about Eurovision. Mm. All right. Well, 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 you can't you can't talk to me about high standards. Well, let's not let's not jump the gun. We've all got plenty <laughs> of ammunition for Tim. Um, just hold up. Hold, hold your horses. Hold your horses. Um, I mean, the thing about the lost art of keeping a secret is it's not even the best. Not only is it not is it not only the it's not the best Queens of the Stone Age single. I don't think it's the best Queens of the Stone Age single off that album. So I combed right through the album. That one always stands out for me. We're about is it, that's the same album that's got um, the feel good hit of the summer though, right? Yeah, but that's that the, was that's the, the that was the big one, one that I don't that's like. The banger. Just, that's the banger, yeah. You know, but but that's the one that, that goes into like that Motley Crue thing that I don't like, where it's just a, you know, and granted, I know there's a there's a high level of tongue in cheek from the Queens of the Stone Age one, and it's and it's all kind of almost prodding fun at that that culture mm. of rock. It, it, yeah. That was the standout one out of. A bunch okay. of songs which do sound nearly identical. Um, Boomtime Rats. I never. I obviously I know that song really well, but I delved into that back catalogue, and fucking hell, it's awful. It's dreadful. Have yeah. you guys ever listened to anything else other by the Boomtime Rats? Anything? Only else? the other singles. Rat Trap. Obviously, I know. Yeah. 
and there's another one that's sometimes on the radio and I, when it whenever it comes on i'm always like jesus what's this it's all yeah and um, it's just dreadful like i do i don't know how geldof got so big off the back of it was it just because he became a a philanthropist a rock and roll philanthropist was that the I reason think, i think that's the story isn't it that he was kind of like the the band i think they'd um because have you seen the documentary about band-aid that was on recently or it was it was over lockdown at some stage it was on and um they sort of went into the story where um like bob geldof basically um he'd uh like i think they'd had an album rejected like the you know the record company had said no we're not doing that and so they kind of they were about to split up when uh, he saw Michael Burke in Ethiopia on the on the news and decided to do something. And then all of a sudden, he's famous again. So their their performance, like at Band Aid, when they were they were one of the bands there, was kind of, they they kind of had to get the band together to do it. You know, they weren't they weren't actually going concern at that stage. Um, and yet, of course, that's probably what they're most famous for is playing at Band Aid, where they probably weren't the caliber of the rest of the artists. No, they weren't no, as famous. Yeah. Um, and, and until Geldof was was sort of became involved in it. Um, Swore so, on the BBC. Exactly right. I mean, it's one of those things like no one wants to criticise the, um, you know, a, a, any good that came out of Band Aid. Um, but you know, you, I, I doubt the sincerity. You know, with that amount of sort of self, <laughs> sort of the self publicist in in Geldof knew what he was doing. Uh, any questions or commentary beyond the obvious? Tim, do you want to go first? Uh, uh, it was... Yeah, so I've already discussed about Stan, haven't I? And yeah. I thought, you know, it's not yeah. the best Eminem song. I was confused no. whether he was saying it was died or not. No, no, I, um, I love it as an Eminem song. I think it's great. Motley Crue have no good songs. Jungle True. are not are not rubbish. They're not rubbish enough. No, they're not rubbish enough to to be to warrant. So I, yeah, I I saw it as being a really good track by an artist who happened to be terrible. I felt like the whole um, the whole playlist felt like, and I and I put down here. Sounds like cruel intentions. It's like a cruel. I mean, there is a track on it that was in the cruel intentions soundtrack, and that's and that's probably what got me thinking that the yeah. whole thing actually it does sound like a nineties um, sort of. Is this a bad comment or a good comment, Tim? I'm, I'm very confused. Yeah, because you're making it sound better than it is, I think, there, Tim. Yeah, yeah, you're really, you're really pushing it here, Tim. Thank you're you very much. selling it. Yeah, well, yeah. I have to re-listen to it. Yeah. Cruel Intentions isn't a great film, is it? I haven't watched it in 20 years. I've got, so I've never heard the Cruel Intentions soundtrack. I'm going to guess the track that was included on that soundtrack from your list is Counting Crows, Colorblind. Yes. Blind. Absolutely correct. Yeah, oh, yeah. get on. Yeah, that, that, that. That's a, that's a lousy song, by the way. Oh, that was terrible. But that's, really didn't like but that. that's their best song. Oh, I feel sorry for the Counting Crows, and I really oh, yeah, yeah. Better than um, Miss, Mrs. Jones. Mr. Jo oh, that that's awful. Well, it's better than Colorblind, isn't it? At least it's oh, happy. Oh, no, I, I beg to at differ. It's got, at least it's got a bit of a beat. 
This, this is you know the only I mean? Counting Crows track I've ever, I've ever listened to. I don't think I'm going to dig any deeper than that. I no, I w- no, no, I'm, no. I'm out. That, I'm that out. one's definitely a warning. Yeah. <laughs> warning. It was also probably the highlight on the Cruel Intention soundtrack as well. Ooh, no, that's, there's that's placebo it. on there as well. Placebo's on exactly. there. Exactly. Oh, which placebo track's on it? Every Me, Every You. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. That's a big song. I remember that. Anything else, Tim? No. I, I, I probably only listened to it once, to be perfectly honest. It was, oh, that's... You've got to do the homework, Tim. You've got to put yourself through it at least three times, I think, when we do yeah, these I, things. I, I put myself I through the fucking mill for you, lads. <laughs> I must admit, I, I, uh, I started it more than once. I think, to be honest, when I got to... A lot of the times, uh, I managed to get as far as the shins, and then I stopped. Well, so that's, that's quite another example of a good song by by an artist who are very, very much pumped up beyond their means. You know, Counting Crows, The Shins, um, and there was another one, Glass I Animals. Wrote, all I three down that same avenue. The Shins are dull. This is the best of their dull tracks. Still there dull. We go. Still dull, yeah. It's no, the I'd, brief. I'd I would... Um, I had some notes, uh, some of which I wrote in capital letters. Oh, I did a couple um, of capitals, yeah. Um, mainly around uh, Rich Girl by Hall & Oates. Okay. Now, Hall & Oates have got three good tracks. This is their Correct. best one. Correct, yeah. yeah. But all their songs are, you know, uh, equally brilliant. Um, and I think, all three you know, songs are equally brilliant. But all this three one songs, just it for me. Um, I, I just don't, I don't know, um, like Man Eater's a better song than this, isn't it? I mean, I think no, this is I a great do. song, Man Eater's a great song. Yeah, What's yeah. wrong with Hall and Oates? They're not, if, if someone's got like three brilliant songs, and, and that and they're all much, you know, very similar, you know, yeah. the kind of thing they do, which, why don't you just, you know, if you like that, if you like this, you have to like Manhunter as well, surely, at the very least. You know. But then so you've you got to look at the collective back catalogue. Of beyond those three tracks, what else is there? there? Just like you've said with uh, uh, Steps or Meatloaf, you know, Hastings yeah, put those me- two artists together. Yeah, and there's Meatloaf some is, real uh, fucking shit in there. There's some dross there. And and it's finding that, that peak of where, right, which, which song piques your interest compared, or the highest high and the lowest low? If you okay. think, if those two extremes are really, really far apart, then you've got that right artist. So presumably the same methodology was used to identify Billy Idol. He's a terrible uh, oh, artist. Oh, yes, very much so. He just has what the one track. Oh, my God. Like, I'm, I've never had time, nor do I want to have time ever again, to go back and listen to Billy Idol's back catalogue because it's fucking awful. Is it? I always thought he'd be the sort of guy that I could get into. No, because I, I, re- I like White Wedding. And I just thought, oh, yeah, I bet he's got that's some interesting the long albums. And short of it, that's it. Oh, that's a shame. Okay, I'll, I'll not bother doing it then. Um, but yeah, a lot of it I thought I thought was 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 dull. Yeah. Uh, again, like the Shins, totally agree with everything Tim said about that. Uh, the Boomtown Rats was a good shout. I wish I'd have thought of that one myself because yeah, mm. they are they are terrible, and that is a great. I don't think anyone yeah. would doubt that. I don't like Mondays. It's just brilliant, isn't it's it? Brilliant song. Uh, it's brilliant. Um, I also had the Moody Blues uh, in, yeah. in my list. Um, Do you have Nights in White Satin, though? Um, 
yes, I think I did. Yeah, yeah. And that's, the, that's, in my eyes, that's a little bit further down. I think Go Now is by and far their best track. It's their and best track. Everything else just gets progressively yeah. worse. Well, because Go Now also doesn't sound like anything else they no, ever did. No, and that's why it's, it's very different. shock when you listen to everything else. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to go with, because I'd done that thing again where I'd got Go Now, Nights in White Satin. I thought, actually, I don't think the Moody Blues are that bad. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they're terrible. If yeah. There's two tracks there, and I'm thinking, well, if they've got two good tracks, you know, whereas like when I'm looking at someone like ABBA, I'm like, well, I don't like any ABBA songs at all, really. You know, I can a- appreciate them because of where they, you know, they're sort of part of the fabric of the, the yeah. fabric. The fabric of pop culture, aren't they? So, um, you know, you, the you know, the fabric of pop culture, the fabric of pop culture, wow. and, they, and, the, and you know, they're, they're sort of you can appreciate them and you know all their songs, but there's yeah. no song I would actually choose to listen to apart from the one I chose Wedding Fodder, their Wedding Fodder, yeah. yeah. Um, where, yeah, and I would say, yeah, the same is true, probably, of um, uh, or the same is not true, like of the Moody Blue. You know what I mean? But there's probably several tracks I'd listen to. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. You know, I'm not going to choose to listen to it, but I'm not. It's they're not standout. But that that's why I discounted them. But I, th- I think you are right that Go Now is by far and away their best song, yeah. and they are probably terrible on balance. I think similarly as well. I had No Diggity in my long list, yeah. Um, but it it just did not fit in with the flow of the. Uh, of, of the uh, of the, of the banging list that I put together. Oh dear! Shall we shall we move shall we move on to it? Is it time to get stuck in? I Controversial, together, obviously. Yeah, it's a controversial list. Right, okay, I think that's so, nicely, anyway. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was doing what you guys do and going through back catalogues of people and thinking, right, is this person a rubbish artist? Is this a great song? So, 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 so I put together a list of, of about 30 songs which would fall into that category. And then suddenly I had a brainwave and I thought, what is the very definition of a shit artist? It's Eurovision. It's Eurovision. (laughs) So I then went through 50 years of Eurovision back catalogues trying to put together a list of 20 songs that were bangers. I managed to get 10. <laughs> I, could have, I could have put Waterloo, the definitive Eurovision song on there. But I, as I, you know, I, I don't consider ABBA to be a shit artist, even though they're right. wedding fodder and everything like that. Yeah, sure. And they're not a shit artist. Um, so I then thought, right, let's mix these together. So basically I I took the two playlists. I got, I got my 10 
Eurovision bangers and I started off with them and I sandwiched in between each Eurovision banger one of one of my favorite tracks off the, off the other list nice. and, that, and, that, and that was it I'll, I'll, I'll read I'll read out the Eurovision bangers um, just give me a sec so where are we um, so you got teach in opening up the whole thing with dinger dong absolute absolute banger it's better than anything abba did better than waterloo it's you know 1975 it won oh it the did Eurovision. in 1975 they're from the netherlands it was and it was also number one in both switzerland and norway wow so you know those are pretty tough markets to crack up but i'm sure you'll agree <laughs> absolutely so then the next the next big one was uh, the sunstroke project uh hey mama now 2017 this was it finished third the moldovan entry the most third. successful third the most successful moldovan entry ever See, I had it as my first and my entrance of low points in your playlist. I thought it was great. I, I, I found it very difficult to listen to. Yeah. I, that's a skipper. I have skipped a that a skipper. few times. It's I've a skipped, I've I skipped it. All, you know, for the last month to that song. And uh, I tell you what makes it so good the presence of the epic sax guy. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but the, this is the. This is the third time that Sunstroke Project have uh, represented Moldova in the um, in the um, in the Eurovision Song Contest, and it's definitely their best track. Um, <laughs> finished highest. <laughs> then, <laughs> then we've got Jedwood with the, and I was surprised. I was surprised to find this out. This was actually, they'd already released an album. That's right, yeah. Uh, but this was their first original song. It's Lipstick. This is from 2011. It finished eighth in the competition. Um, yeah, but, I couldn't decide, Tim, if you were putting that as a Eurovision track or just a terrible artist track. I, I, I didn't wrong. remember it. I didn't remember it as a Eurovision well, track. I thought it was 2011. just Jedward. 2011. Hmm. It was number one in Ireland for three months. Wow. And, and I bet... I mean, how many records do have to sell to be number one in Ireland? I or have no idea, but I bet... Two that or three changes. dozen, I would have thought. Yeah. At least. I bet, I bet that changes your opinion of the whole track now, doesn't it? Not you, at all. You are, you, you Not were, at all. <laughs> you, you were, it was number three in Austria, 12 in Sweden, and 11 in Germany. You know... The fact that you've written these facts down, much like a pointless answer, is pretty yeah. impressive. There you go. Eurovision is one of the most most watched live things in the world on telly. It's you know at its at its peak. Here you go. Here's a Eurovision fact for you. At its peak, more than 600 million people watched it. 
during the 1980s. 200 million people watched it last time in 2019 when it was 2,000 million people across Europe watched it, well, across the world. 365 million people watched the Champions League final. So, you know, that just, you know, puts it into comparison. That, that just puts it into perspective of how, how big it is. And, you know, I don't know what your problem is with all those tracks. They're absolutely amazing. They're that, that, to be honest, it's a, sh- it's a shame I couldn't find another 10 of the same quality. I'm sure if I had more time, I could do it. It wasn't, to be fair, it wasn't so much about time. It was more about my mental sanity. Uh, Rise Like a Phoenix, which is yeah. the theme for a Bond film that was never made. That's my, exactly. my that's my comment. Exactly. And it's better than a lot of Bond. It is actually, yeah, completely. Better than almost Great. all of them, I think, yeah. Yeah, there's basically, it goes, it ranks uh, Radiohead, Spectre, then Conchita Verse, <laughs> then probably Diamonds Are Forever or Goldfinger. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think, I think, I think that's how it works in the whole in the whole James Bond thing. I don't know what your problem is with all those tracks. There was, I to quote Carlo to paraphrase what Carl said earlier about skipper. There was a lot of skippers where you got a good minute in, just like I can't deal with this anymore. I really can't. I I'd forgotten. Yeah. In, in all fairness, I th- I I'd think... forgotten about a. Uh, what was that track? Nothing. And that was a big track at uni. Hmm. I seem to remember that was a good track. It nearly went on my uni playlist. And I mm. decided that um, because I liked it so much, it wasn't going in because there was a lot of tracks that I didn't like. I didn't want to associate it with that that terrible playlist yeah. did about uni. Um, so I left it in. Mm. But I went through their back catalogue as well, and it hasn't stood up very well. Um, that's their best track, hmm. and yeah. and it showed a lot of promise that they never that they never fulfilled. I would say I've got some um, I got reservations about the Eurovision stuff. I think at, over the week when I've been listening to it and thinking about it, I've maybe softened. Um, because I, I, I do take the point that uh, for a song to be on Eurovision, or for, for at least for it to do well, yeah. it has to be a good song, right? So it's going to be a good song. And all of these artists are yeah. almost by definition terrible, because if they were any good, they wouldn't Although be on Eurovision. In fairness, a lot so of them are usually take, take that. already well... Uh well kind of distributed within their home countries, aren't they? It's, it's very no. Rare. No, I thought I thought no. I thought we True, were a yeah. minority where we would vote some unknown to kind of kick over into the uh, the forum, the gladiatorial forum of uh, Eurovision for the shit to be to be kicked out of us. No, that's in some cases, yeah, that is true. But in the case of say uh, Mans Zermelov, Mister oh, Eurovision, that was a real he low is, point, he, yeah. you know, Eurovision love him. He came fifth in the um, in the oh, what is it? Was it de, de, I can't remember where he's from now. Sweden, isn't it? He came fifth in their um, version of Pop Idol. 
So he's he's like the sort of people we oh, put up, okay. which are sort of like came eighth in the X Factor or something like that. And this is the thing. We tell ourselves that the reason why we don't win is because we put forward shit artists that have got no hope or anything like that. And that Europe put forward established artists that have already got some sort of pedigree in in Europe. And sometimes that's true, you know, certainly in in, in the sense of sort of like some of the Russian uh, representatives have got a big following, and obviously they've got a wider big following in 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 a lot of the, the the old communist states. The reason why the British don't win is because it's a public vote at the end of the day, and everyone hates us. Simple as that. What about Salvador Sobral? Was he the Portuguese? Portuguese chap who won the other year. Yeah. Here's my factoids about 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 Salvador. Where is he? <laughs> Here we go. So, Amar Pelos Dois, I don't know if that's right, I don't speak Portuguese, but I have translated it in Google, and no. it means uh, to love for the both of us. That's beautiful, isn't it? That's, that's, that's a great no, that is Eurovision, yeah. great Eurovision um, title there. Highest ever points total in Eurovision history. 700 and something. Nobody's ever got that many points. Wow. And it was number seven. It was number one in seven countries. And number seven in the wow. in the World Digital Songs chart. There you go. World Digital. Wow. You know, he's, he, yeah, he's, punch, he's punching above his weight there. The most popular song in Eurovision well, history. I will, I will say there were some real... High yeah. points, Conchita aside, uh, I think one of the best, um, uh, not, not only best Eurovision songs, but probably one of the best singles of all time is probably uh, Euphoria yes. by See, I tried with this. You lads were, um, were giving it some I, big I, I, and I, I didn't like it at all. Oh, it's a ba- that is a, that's a definition of banger. If you look up banger in the dictionary, there's a picture of, of Loreen. I mean... I don't know whether, though, part of it is because, obviously, I'm a Eurovision fan. I watch it. And she was great that night when she won. But the following year when she did the... She came and performed it. Um, you know, the, the, the winner always performs again, right, in the middle after of the show. Or after performed. everyone's performed. Yeah. Before they kept it. That was a real highlight. And what were the other really good... Um, Toy by Netta. I think that's a it's banger. The, it's the um, only... To my so, own knowledge... It's one of the only um, Eurovision song, Eurovision winners to impersonate a chicken as well. There's the, imp- the, the chicken impersonation <laughs> in the middle of it. You know, why not? It's exactly. flawless, isn't it? Um, in terms of, you know, I, I can't remember um, hearing a chicken impersonation that was as good as that. Yeah, and obviously a very controversial winner. Now, can I just... Just got a bit of a sidebar here. Uh, we're we're relatively new in this podcast. We're we're two episodes in. <clears throat> Are we going to delve into this Eurovision topic again, just to settle down listeners? Because what I don't want to do is build up a fan base or it's smash them down with another <clears throat> enthralling episode of you two talking about Eurovision and me not giving a shit. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. Um, okay, so we, if we put the Eurovision 
aspect of the debate aside, I, I take it, Bill, you're still unhappy. No, no, I'm not unhappy. I actually included. do accept Tim's rationale. It is interesting. Um, but Right, okay. I do, I do accept, I the accept the rationale. I just don't think... I mean, there's a good five on there, which are just fucking awful. And, and actually, my first sentence on this is, the worst collection of music I've listened to in a quite a while. But oh, however, there are, okay. so, there are some good songs in there. Harsh. Return of the Mac, Rise Like a Phoenix, uh, Nothing, uh, Hard Rock yep. Hallelujah, Focus. They're all yep. great. But the flow is interrupted Woman? by That's these good. dreadful yep. songs. Devil Woman, yeah. Devil yeah. Woman. But the, the, better, the better Cliff Richard track. Let's 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 just come here. Let's right rewind back to me. <laughs> Who got the best Cliff Richard track? Well, you did because exactly. Carl's choice was dreadful, terrible, terrible. Some sort of some sort of speaker yeah, no, file I accept that. going on about you know nonsense. Basically, boring the shit out of everybody. With I never, I'd obviously of, heard the song a lot as a, as a child. Woofers and mm. tweeters. Rubbish. This I'd heard about, the song a lot as a child, sat in the back of the, my parents' car with Radio 2 on. Obviously, things like Abba and Cliff Richard were just the standard. And I'd never really listened to the lyrics of that song before Carl put it on his playlist. And it's just total nonsense. Yes. It's, it's, yeah, no, I, I accept that. When I saw Tim's list, I was mortified because I'd totally forgotten about Devil Woman, and it is, it is the better song. Although I think we've all enjoyed the experience of having to repeatedly yeah, listen. I mean, to his Spotify list is going through the roof because of us, um, us three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I accept that. Uh, it, it was, it was the better. I think there are some things on here that I would say, uh, like PJ and Duncan, right, uh, and even you know, uh, Return of the Mac. You know, is that not nostalgia? Do you think, look, PJ and John comes on, I'm like, yeah, banger. But is it because when it came out, I was, you know, 12 or something, or 13. And, you know, listening back, you think, oh, brilliant. You know, this is fun. If it came out now, would we be deriding yeah, it? Yeah, it belongs you know, in your stats, and uh, material. No, I just, well, maybe, maybe. What, one of the, sort of criteria that I chose for these tunes were if I was at a wedding and it was half past ten at night, am I going to get up and dance? Yeah, I'm going to get up to ready to rumble, 100%. Yeah, there, there was a lot of kind of cheesy nightclub Absolutely. vibes where, you know, 2 a.m., you've had a Jaeger bomb and a couple of these roll on. Yeah, it was in that that avenue. But that's 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 the arena for those sort of songs, isn't it? Like nobody, True. nobody's True. listening to "Let's Get Ready to Rumble" regularly on repeat because it's the you know Sykes' their favorite album, are they? Uh, it does have four point no. nine no, million no, listens on Spotify. Of course, though. it does. It'll be on. It'll be on millions of um, playlists. But what? How many million listens does their next song have? Oh, nowhere near. Uh, hang on, let me exactly. bring it back up. 270,000. And what the is song, that? Eternal Love. Right, never heard of it. I would yeah. have gone... Same I, album, I, I, apparently. Never heard I would have guessed Stepping Stone. They did a cover of uh, Stepping Stone by the Monkees. That was a banger as well. But obviously it was a cover, so you couldn't yeah. have it. You couldn't have it. Cover's not allowed. 
Okay. The, the only the only other thing I I, I, t- I took issue with, uh, and I just it's just a, a two word note. The Smiths. <laughs> yeah. So you're a man who'll sit there and you'll say, with a straight face and you know a clear conscience, you'll say, you don't consider ABBA terrible, and that's fine. We can all support you in that. And it's like you know, okay, you know, ABBA have had a lot of success, and they obviously write good songs. People love them. That's fine. And we can have that debate, but then you're gonna then say in the same breath. Yeah, but the Tim Smiths always are hated the Smiths. I, would say the same I remember this from, apply, a, from many, many years ago. He's always despised them. Yeah, never liked the Smiths. Hate the Smiths, most overrated band on the planet. Absolute dog shit. Apart from that one song, which I think there's a handful of on- songs. I would never say that they're dreadful. No. I think. Rubbish. Dog shit. Right. Um, <laughs> I hate them. And, and to be honest, even when I listen to How Soon Is Now, it, it, it pains me, pains me to say that it's a good song because of my absolute hatred for the, for the Smiths. They're, they're terrible. No one can tell me that Morrissey is a good singer. Maybe his lyrics are good, but to be honest, I've never listened to him anyway because I'm brilliant at drowning stuff out. And I, I just, as soon as the Smiths comes on the radio and I can't turn it off, that's it. I'm just sort of like, you know, I'm completely white. I go to my happy place. Usually some sort of big, um, you know, Eurovision song contest show, something like that. <laughs> Anything else, Bill? No, no. We don't. We've 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 definitely covered it. Hammered all three very succinctly. I think I think that was good. Um, we I think there was a, on on the chat before there was a lot of antagonism. I think you I know think there was it, a, it was, a level of provoking, just to yeah, see who who was going to just to see first. who was who was going to who was yeah. going to rise because to this it. one was I, hard, I, man. This this was a difficult playlist because you you both need to enjoy the track and validate why the artist was shit. Yeah, so it, it was, was it, it was a tough one. difficult because you had to do almost twice as much research and listening to validate your own opinion because otherwise yeah. you're going to walk in blind with nothing i mean tim's listened to every fucking eurovision song ever you know i, I haven't listened to every I've, I've researched every eurovision song ever i didn't listen to it <laughs> no that's 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 terrible for him Tim. well i'd be i'd be still doing it now you've got to do 50, the homework though man you've got to do 50, it 50, well, you've got to do I the think, homework i think i proved that i did do my own work i did quite a lot of you know that was that was good. I was prep. like no. Graham Norton there with all those fucking facts. You I were, had. you were. Well, you I, really I would were. said you Steve really. Wright, but anyway. The Golden Shuffle. Next, then on the agenda, um, who wants to nominate the track? First. I'll nominate. Bill, do you want to go? Go on then. Uh, the banger of those two playlists, Billy Ocean, man, it was awesome. Oh, cool. Blew me away. I I was much like you, where Billy Ocean sat for me in the eighties of uh, very mediocre, uh, mediocre kind of mainstream movies. Like uh, what was the what was the sequel to Romancing in the Stone? What was the one with? Uh, Ju- Jewel of the Nile. Jewel of the Nile, yeah. He did the he uh, the going gets tough. All those kind of songs, and they were always kind of like mediocre soul songs. 
loads of MIDI yep. keyboards. Whereas this yep. one had actual inventive and artistic flair. Blew me away. Yeah. I love that. It's a good, it's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Uh, Tim? Right. Well, I'm not going to go for anything off Bill's list because I think the two best tracks that are worthy of inclusion on the Golden Shuffle are disqualified. One, for being a remix, and two, for not being a shit artist, which is the Jungle and the the uh, Disclosure ones. I think Tim's yeah. just bitter, but anyway, it's just bitter. <laughs> two weeks well, on the no, two, no. two podcasts on the trot that I haven't picked something from his list. He's just bitter. I'm not bitter. I'm not. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna pick something off Carl's, obviously. So I've got two choices. Either Rasputin by Bernie M or Big. The Osmonds and Crazy Horses, purely because it was on mine. And I think that personally, I think that one track probably sums up better than any others that we've done about, you know, a terrible artist just doing something that is just completely yeah. amazing and completely off the wall. And I think if we're trying to create the greatest shuffle list of all time, then I don't want to put anything that's rubbish. I could put Hey Mama by Sunstroke Project, but... Um, no, I'll go for Crazy Horses by the Osmonds. Nice choice. That's good. That's good. Um, I think I will go with... I think I've got to go with Devil Woman, haven't I? Yeah. Cliff Richard. After it's um, shaming you so epically, I, after, I after it, agree with that, yeah. That's right, it owned me, and we've, we've all agreed we enjoyed that one. Yeah. So I think we, no one would... would get their nose out of joint with that and so we reach the end of the episode we must therefore choose at random our next topic tim has uh, scoured the internet finding uh, a randomizer from our massive list rather than the great kerfuffle that we had over the previous episode with finding six and picking a number yep. and carrying the one and doing all the rest so you yep. can pick a wheel.com all we have to do is copy and paste our epic list in and it's currently in, so I'm going to hit spin. It's spinning. Okay, you're going to like this. It is time travel. Ooh. Yes! Excellent. Time Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Of course, you as an audience, um, if you would like to send a suggestion for a topic, then please drop us a message, um, usually by our email address. That's the easiest one for us, no podcast at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter handle, no underscore uh, stairway. At Twitter, like all the playlists we've arrived at the moment, we affectionately call the end. The time has come to let the algorithm swipe us away and move on to the next selection. I've been Bill. My thanks to Carl. Bye bye. And Tim. Bye bye. We're middle-aged men. We made some mixtapes. We hope you like them. Until next time, take care.